right, welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, single track session number 99.5. Why 99.5 and not 100? Well, Joel's in Phoenix working uh, in his class for uh, the stretching that he's been doing, and it just wouldn't seem right to do episode 100 without him. 100's kind of that uh, next tier milestone, and single track session 100 will wait uh, for Joel. So this is just your host, Eric Manning, today. I'm the only one behind the microphone, just sitting here in Grant's studio, looking out my window at the beautiful Wasatch Front on a marvelous, it's Thursday, August 2nd, and uh, let's get started. So it's already August, as we just mentioned, which uh, crept up on us quickly, um, and it's been a hot summer, lots of fires, uh, a lot going on this week. So uh, once again, we'd sure like to express our thanks and uh, let the, all the people out there fighting those ugly fires that uh, we're thinking about, and we want to thank them for everything they do for us. Um, we'll start off the show with a few things we want to wish. John Groban, uh, one of the race directors for the Wasatch 100, uh, well wishes. He had a heart attack last week and uh, is doing well. And uh, we just want to say here at the Trail Matters Podcast that we sure hope that uh, you move along. I know everybody wants to see you at the finish line. And thanks for all that you do. And a somber note, my high school athletic director passed away as well last week. And uh, we want to send our condolences to his family. He was a good man. And uh, somebody that I got to know pretty well, and uh, yeah, just good for the community we had. So rest in peace, Mr. Smith, and uh, yeah, thanks for everything you did for, for me and uh, all the young lives that you touched uh, in this area. So let's start off with a few fun things. Um, if you look listened to our podcast last week, um, we were discussing many things, and then through that course, we... Um, an article came out uh, written by a uh, lady named Lizzie Rosewell, and it was, Why Don't More Women Take Part in Ultra Running? And we posted the link on our Facebook page, and I'll probably post it again on the show notes here if you didn't see that or you're interested in it, because she did a really good um, poll. Um, 1,272 women, ranging from ages 18 to 70, responded to this Internet survey. Um, and it was just fascinating, to be honest with you. And I know that, you know, it's not the hugest number uh, when we're talking about, you know, female runners. But to date, I think this is the best one I've seen. And being a little more, oh, you know, not like super scientific or intimidating probably of a of one to answer, I think you might get a lot of honesty. Um, and we did, put, like I said, we posted it. There's some nice feedback um, both from men and women, and I just found it interesting. Um, some of the things that, you know, what factors stop you from running an ultra? Um, number one was, you know, lack of time to train. I'm not good enough was number two. Um, other was number three. Feeling intimidated, don't want to train that much, lack of child care. It goes on and on and on. Um, but I want to address I'm not good enough. Um, and I, again, I'm a man, so if you didn't know that, uh, surprise. But, uh, I'm not good enough thing, I think, isn't just uh, something for the ladies out there. I think men feel the same way a lot of times. And coming from me, and to be honest, I mean, everybody is, right? I mean, I hope people feel that way. And I know it can be intimidating, and that might kind of go in with not good enough is the feeling intimidated part. But I think everybody feels that way until they do it. And that's kind of that getting your foot out the door or taking that first step 
and I know we like to address that a lot here on the podcast, is we're all for, it's just an all-inclusive sport, uh, trail running is. And I, I'm not saying there's not hiccups in races or different parts of the world or country or anything like that, but boy, we sure hope that everybody out there, you know, that's listening and their friends and family think you are good enough to try it because, I mean, that's, it's, it's all inclusive. It's for everybody. And there's no, you know, I know people train a lot of sports and different things to win. Not saying you can't for this, but, uh, it's a healthy thing. Um, it's a good thing. So, um, but the list goes on and on. Um, what would make you more likely to run an ultra? Um, and that was one of the questions. Um, and the first one, which, Surprised me a little bit because you do hear about it a lot, but it's more generous cutoff times. Um, that would make people more likely. And number two was friends who have run one. Number three was other and specify. Uh, cheaper race entry, I think, is a good one. Um, but as we've seen, prices generally just have been going up and up and up. Some race directors do a good job of keeping them kind of level and some do a really good job of keeping subpar you know um, what those are but yeah we'll, we'll see those prices going up and I think that's not just for the ladies there I know I talked to a lot of gentlemen it's like oh it'd be fun but I can't afford it um, guided um, runs which is something I've never thought of uh, female only skills courses so I'm thinking that might be more along the Spartan or the mud you know things like that more female ultra blogs um, and to address that, I mean, I think it would be good to note that uh, that's one of the things that we've got a lot of positive feedback on is having more um, women on the podcast, especially those that, you know, aren't quote unquote, and I hate always saying this word, but or elite or, you know, your, your podium type runners. Um, and those are some great shows. Um, more elite women in the media. Can't agree with that more. Um, Female-only ultramarathons, um, which we've had that come up on the show before, and I've had some conversations with uh, some ladies uh, in the past uh, in person, and a lot of the ladies I talked to are like, no, I don't think that would be a good idea. Um, and so I, I don't know. I'm not going to go on it on and on about this, but if you have time, I, I recommend, and thank, thank you, Lizzie. I know you probably don't listen to the show, but uh, thanks for doing this because it's amazing. And I hope more people take a look at it. And if you have any questions or concerns on your end or something you'd like to see Trail Manners do to, I don't know, maybe help address this, uh, shoot us an email, manners at trailmanners.com because, I don't know, I go to races and I guess I'm kind of that way where I don't really pay attention. And I don't mean that in a negative light. I don't really pay attention to men and female runners, like how many are there. I just look around and see people and beautiful people out there, and it just makes me happy, and I guess I don't put a lot of thought into it, but I sure would like to see the numbers, you know, get more even, I guess, if that's the right way to say it, um, because you hear a lot about it, like with Hard Rock, there are only so many women in that race, so that, I mean, that's a whole nother ball game. but it's a really great article, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole here, um, but yeah, uh, let us know your feedback on that. Next up. As many of you know, um, I went out to the Palisades Ultra Trail Series this past weekend, or putts as we've affectionately called this race. Huge buildup for this thing. I mean, we've been talking about it for months. We've had the, many of the race directors on the show. Uh, many of the listeners out there have inquired about it, and we did see a lot there. And boy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really tackle this one 
on different levels. And I'm going to have to be really careful because I don't want people to take anything the wrong way. But first, first and foremost, I definitely want to thank Drew, Spencer, Jeff, uh, Jeremy, Katie, the Idaho Falls Trail Runners, all the volunteers, Camp Hayden, YMCA Camp, and anybody else that I missed because there were so many people there for making this possible, uh, the Forest Service, uh, anybody that uh, helped out in any way, trail clearing, um, parking attendants, um, whatever it was, um, thank you for putting on an absolutely marvelous weekend. It's And we'll talk about the race a little bit more here in a minute. Um, but it is a true mountain trail race. Um, and I'll tell you what, this is... I've been in trail running for, I don't know, maybe 12 years now. Um, seems long. Golly, maybe not. Yeah, I'd say 12. And this is something that I never thought of, right? So when I first started running trail races, um, it kind of reminds me of what putts was like. We, I think as trail runners, have grown accustomed to being catered to a lot. Not to say that's a good or a bad thing, so I want to get that out there. I'm not trying to lean one way or another here. Um, but I think from the beginning, it's, you know, Putts has been, hey, this is not a PR course. This is not an easy race. Um, it's our first year. I mean, there's all these variables that we've talked about for the race. And, uh, boy, it uh, first of all, for a first-year race, they, they did an amazing job. Um, I'll say that first and foremost. I know what it's like to be a race director, not maybe at this level with so many distances on such a um, remote course in a lot of ways, um, but where it's at is absolutely breathtaking, and I hope people have been able to see some photos from that race. Um, if you haven't, maybe scan around a little bit because a lot of people took photos, but this sucker was a beast, and I just did the marathon so they have a 100-mile, a 50-mile marathon, half marathon, and, of course, always, which the blast is like the little kids race or the younger individual race. Um, but this is what I remember about ultras because they they weren't overly marked. Um, I think they were, they were well-marked. Um, I know some people here and there I heard took wrong turns or got lost or, or whatever. Um, I think they were well-marked. Um, I didn't get lost. There's a couple places I was a little more cautious and looked up a little bit more. So I ran the marathon, and my course was a forest green ribbon, so you really had to pay attention because sometimes they'd be in trees, you know. And so forest green on a pine tree sometimes was hard to depict. Um, so I took my time. Um, wasn't upset about it by any means. And the course itself, a lot of the trail was very overgrown, um, a lot of... What do you call those little buggers? Um, stinging nettle. And very, I mean, <laughs> and this is, it's like you call it, like you have single track. This was like three-quarter to half track in some areas where it wasn't quite single track because it was so narrow. And I didn't mind it. And simply the fact I've run early on a ton of races that were like this. I mean, we've come to, you know, people complain. It's like, oh, I ran this race and it was on fire road or double track. I like single track. Um, but that's hard to come by, um, realistically, with as many races that are going on, uh, many trails that are being used. It's out there for sure. But when you come into a, a remote race like this, the first thing I thought of, I wasn't like, oh, my gosh, these trails are overgrown and narrow. I was thinking, who in the hell had to come out here and trim all these miles of trails? It was unbelievable that somebody, I don't care if it was machetes, gas-powered weed whackers, whatever was back there, that's a lot of work, and man, I, I can't 
imagine the work that went into trimming the trails, getting them to where they were. Could they have been cleared more? Well, everything can be, but, you know, it is what it is. And this is what I remember a lot about my first trail races is a lot of them were more rugged, uh, a little more tough. One Like you didn't have as many, what do we like to call them, um, confidence markers. You know, oh, yeah, I'm on the right trail or you know, oh, this trail's perfectly cut, or there's no rocks on the trail, or whatever it is. I think this race, to me, is kind of an old-school ultra. And what I mean by that is that, is it's not easy. It's not, I mean, they do a great job of making the runners feel supported with aid stations and all the bells and whistles. Um, But, you know, we've come to this area where, oh, we we want runner tracking. We want it on the website. You know what, folks, that's just not possible in some races or areas. And if races offer it and do a great job, that's amazing. But we can't come to expect all these little, you know, idiosyncrasies of a race to be the same on every level and every location. So, I mean, I heard I didn't hear any negativity about the race, so don't get me wrong. I just heard people, man, that was really hard, you know, this, that, and the other. But they did a great job. Um, absolutely amazing. It is a true mountain race. It is in the mountains. It is hard. It is not a PR course. I did the marathon, and it kicked my butt. And I did uh, I did something before that. Oh, I did Beaverhead two weeks before that, and then was in the San Juans the week before that. And this still just, regardless of training or anything, it just kicked your butt. Um, I'll get into some results here to give you kind of an idea. Those aren't aware of the race, but a fantastic event. Uh, I'm going to name some names here. I'm going to miss a ton of people, but I feel had a great time hanging out with a lot of my local friends that were there. Um, John, Sammy, Debbie, Kelsey, Brandon, Jackie, Jeremy, Shannon, Natalie. Natalie ran her, or Shannon ran her first trail marathon or half marathon. Um, So a lot of people, you know, that were up there. Grant, um, Kept calling me Joel, so it was kind of a funny story that we can get into some other time. But we had a great time catching up with him. Um, there's a guy that um, parked next to me. I slept in my car, and this gentleman parked two cars away from me, and he was super loud at like 4 in the morning, and I didn't have to get up to like, I don't know, 5 maybe. But he made me coffee, so I forgive you, uh, guy from Phoenix that woke me up. Um, but, you know... A lot of people, Joseph Taylor was running the 100, saw Grant, his buddy John, uh, met Garrick for the first time, Robin and, and Laura, um, Josh from Colorado came up and said hello, um, which was much appreciated, saw Jeremy Haddock there, he was the winner of wearing Trail Manners tattoos, he had matching, he had a Trail Manners hat, Trail Manners shirt, and two Trail Manners tattoos, how cool is that? Um, Cody Draper um, was there. But let me get into some results just to give you an idea of this course. So there's a 100-mile race. So there were uh, two do- did-not-starts, okay, right away. Two people didn't show up. And 26 people towed the line. Out of that 26 people, we had 12 finishers. So 14 DNFs, over half the field um, DNF. That's how hard it was. The winning time, this is a 100-mile race, so mountain race. The winning time was 29-27. Um, Jake Milligan from Montana. Uh, second place was almost three hours behind Ian Grettenberg from California in 3209. And there were two female finishers. One we've had on the show, the winner, Sylvia Greer. 
Um, she finished in 37.51, um, and she's as tough as they come, really, really. And then the second place female, the only other female finisher was legend Pam Reed, and she finished in 39.08. And that gives you an idea. I mean, these times are reminiscent of a hard rock um, event. I mean, different different runners, don't get me wrong there. I'm not saying first place is equal, but I'm just saying the time-wise. 12th place was 42.12. So absolutely butt kicker. And let's jump into the 50-miler. 50-miler had a lot of friends run that one. Um, there were 62 finishers in the 50-mile. 19 DNFs and four um, did not start. Now this one, uh, oh my gosh, the times on this were pretty astounding. I knew some people that are just solid mountain runners that had a hard time with this course and were saying how hard it was. The winner was uh, Josh Arthur in 939. Second place I mentioned Cody Draper here from Utah, 1024. Uh, on the ladies' side, uh, Deanna Halford, she finished 11th overall, first female in 12-17. Second female, friend of the show, and also on the podcast, Kelsey Bingham in 12-59. Um, and I had, like I said, a lot of friends, you know, ran that race. Very tough course. Um, I mean, the times go from first place at 9:39 all the way to um, the Two people that came across at the end in 1904 for a 50-mile race. So, unbelievable. Marathon, race I ran, okay, or attempted to run and, and walked a lot and hiked and took photos and jumped in creeks and played river otter. Um, first place, male, um, Lauren Davis from Montana, 416. Absolutely great time for the course. Um, second place was 440, Jacob. Am I going to pronounce your last name? I apologize. And first place female, how's this uh, fourth overall, Amanda Sullivan in 509. Um, second place female, Julia Tillman out of Driggs in 611. Um, wow, just just tough race. 66 finishers of that race. Um, only had one DNF, it says, um, which is really surprising for the marathon. But there's really nowhere to DNF unless you do it at mile nine. Otherwise, you're hiking out anyway, so you might as well finish the race. And 13 do not starts. And the half marathon, bigger field. Um, half marathon, there were 59 finishers um, in that one. 10 did not starts, two DNFs. Uh, winning time was 147 from Kaysen Klingler. Klingler. Um, second place was Cooper Williams. And then for the ladies, Nikki Kaufman in 225 and Emily Grief in 225.01. So it looks like they were literally one second apart in the half marathon. So. Pretty cool. And how about uh, let's give a little little love for all the kids that ran it. The, they called it the mile. I don't know how long it was, but that was fun to kind of see how well people did there. So anyway, that's it for the uh, Palisades Ultra Trail Series. Um, congratulations to everybody that towed that line. Congratulations to everybody involved putting that one on. I appreciate a course like this that is just absolutely going to kick your butt. It's not going to hold your hand, um, but it is well done to where, you know, it's not like... They don't care what happens to you. They're and the start finish is killer. So, and as they mentioned, you know they got kinks first year things they want to improve, which is awesome. But congratulations to the Putts crew, everybody that helped out for making that event what it was because it was phenomenal. Great experience. Had an amazing weekend. Next year, um, I'd like to come up and spend more time because the lake's right there. Just so much to do. Uh, great family friendly event um, that I hope. You know, they can continue to grow, and uh, more people show up to that one, but they had a great first-year turnout. 
Um, I also tried some more spring energy gels. I've been dabbling with these for a while, and I think I'm kind of on the bandwagon, so to say. You know, there's so many out there, and everybody has their favorites, but uh, these spring energy gels seem to do pretty well with my stomach. They're not too sugary, not too sweet. Um, they kind of are like baby foodish or apple saucy. I like that apple saucy. Um, so they're pretty good. Um, so I've been checking those out and uh, digging them quite a bit. Uh, how about next up? Let's keep moving along. It's hard without Joel here. I apologize to everybody that's driving or running or sitting at their computer or maybe have already fallen asleep. Um, so it's just me again, but uh, that's the way it goes. Last time we'll probably bring this one up, and the only reason I'm bringing it up again is because I had many emails, which I appreciate, and I appreciate the people that were very nice about it, I guess. They weren't combative. They weren't rude. They weren't negative. And all the people that talked to me, I had people talk to me since our last show. We talked about the DQs at Hard Rock. And I know it's been such a hot topic, and I don't want to beat it to death. But I do want to bring up a few things that came away from my conversations because I think they're pretty valid points. Is You know, we hindsight's always twenty twenty. You look back and say, oh, this would have been fair. This could have been fair. And I'm not saying none of it could have been a time penalty or whatever else. And if you weren't familiar, kind of need some catching up to do. Um, we call him Professor X. Javier got DQ'd at mile, I don't know, like officially, I guess, 91 is when he dropped. But he uh, took aid outside of an aid station, which is illegal. And I think most runners do understand that, regardless of what it was, which, again, will be hearsay on what really took place. But it's, it says, you know, no aid outside of aid stations. Well, he took some. And people were upset because he didn't get a time penalty. He was winning, and they were saying Hard Rock favored because good boy, you know, Jeff Browning took set, you know first. He was in second. Blah blah blah. Here's my here's my final print on this. And I like I said, I appreciate everybody chiming in. The emails I received. Thank you for keeping them. You know, I don't even think I can think of the word I'm looking for, but keeping them, you know, to where we can have an open discussion without getting crazy like on some Facebook stuff, but. At the end of the day, here's all I got to say. We're blaming the race director. We're saying, hey, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? But at the end of the day, the rule is the rule, right? Why did the runner make I – mean, the runner forced the race director to make a decision. So why force something? You know it's not supposed – you know it's illegal. It says it on the website. It doesn't say time penalty anywhere. It says could be disqualified. And you can interpret that any way you want. But at the end of the day, why would you put the race director in that situation? You know it's a rule. Why take the chance? You know, why test the pool? You know, hey, don't touch the stove. It's hot. Oh, is it? Yep, it is. Right? That's kind of my, my, my end thing, being a race director and being a runner, is why even put yourself in that position to make somebody make a decision like that. Because you can only imagine how hard a decision that is because – if he would have gave him a two-hour penalty, a one-hour penalty, a time penalty, it would have been unfair, no matter what. Oh, he should have been DQ'd. Oh, it wasn't harsh enough. Oh, it was too harsh a time penalty. So at the end of the day, I think all of this falls back on the runner of saying, hey, don't put the race director in the situation. It's stated right there, could be DQ'd. He had to make a decision. Or, or the committee did, excuse me. But why put the committee in a place where they have to do that? Because that's not going to be easy. And no punishment would have been correct. So 
I think that to me that's it. Why put the RD in the position or the committee to make that? And thank you again for all the open and honest feedback and information. And if it does change going down the road, great. And maybe this was what we needed. As Joel mentioned last week for the sport to be a little more hypersensitive to situations that can arise like this, whether it's doping, whether it's, you know, whatever it is. Um, but back to me, <laughs> I like the old school style where it's, come on, just run. That's what we do. That's all we doing. It's not, you don't need a GPS watch. You don't need fancy stuff. Just go run. Enjoy yourself. Do it for the right reasons, and you never have to worry about DQs or anything else. Um, so how's that? Um, another topic that came up this week um, when I was talking to people and I think this is one that we'll see more of. And because we've had a situation here in Utah where we had the Happy Utah Mountain Runners, there's a lot of run clubs across the country. And this had nothing to do with any club in Utah. So let's get that straight. Um, it was some other state. Someone was approaching me about and said, hey, you've got experience with running clubs, whether it's the ones I'm in or the ones I hear about or Facebook-wise. And they say, well, how do you keep them from being clicky and I thought oh boy here we go back to back to junior high I don't think you can and this is a discussion we had and so they wanted me to bring it up on the podcast and to see if anybody would chime in whether it's sending me an email because I have this individual's information or if you want to put a comment on Facebook or if you want to put a comment on our website on single track session 99.5 but how do you keep that clicky mentality, right? Um, how do you ke- And also, how do you keep it from being too competitive to where people are chasing the, uh, each other's Strava in, in a way that almost is a negative feeling, not as a fun way to do it? And to be honest with you, I think this goes back to the caveman, so I can't answer the question. I think I have ideas behind it, but the clicks just happen. People feel more comfortable with others. Um, there's still a-holes in the world that think they need to be better than people and it makes them feel better. And these are conversations that have already come up, but I know there's a lot of people with experience with running clubs because there's so many of them out there, but how do you make it to feel inclusive, right? So if you come into a club or you're in a club, how do you keep it that inclusive feel like, Hey, I'm part of this club because everybody loves Everybody, or not loves maybe, but everybody, you know, appreciates everybody being there. It's for everybody as opposed to, oh, I feel like an outsider or these four people are in the club and they never invite me running or these people went and started their own club off our club or whatever it might be. How do you, how do you keep it kind of the roots of why the club started? And anytime you have an open club, I think it's more difficult Um and we, we had our, our running group here, and we'd say, you know, we're not exclusive, but we're not all-inclusive. And it, was, it wasn't like we were trying to be better than anybody. It's just we were a certain – we did a certain thing. Okay, we're in Utah. You know, we drank beer. We did beer miles, and some people weren't comfortable with that. Um, but how, I think when you have a group that's open to the public, you could even have more issues that way uh, because anybody can join. So – I think it's a Pandora's box of, I don't know if you can keep it non-clicky or non-competitive. I think it's pretty much always going to happen on some level. 
And if you'd have a group that's not that way, I'd sure love to hear how you keep it that way um, because I think it's important, especially when we look back at some of these articles that are being written by Lizzie on, um, you know, how do we get more women to run ultras? And some of the women I've talked to, it's like they get nervous going on the trails by themselves or, you know, they're great on the road, but they get nervous going on the trail because they don't, you know, they want to get lost um, because they don't know the trail system or, you know, they don't want to go by themselves and they don't know a lot of women that do it. Um, so I think these trail clubs are hugely important to the growth of the sport. And I think they're hugely important to everybody, men and women alike, because it helps people get out on the trails. It helps them enjoy trails together. It helps the camaraderie and it essentially just helps the community at large. Um, but I think when you have those clicky ones, people get a little more intimidated to join or they join and don't like it because they have a, a weekly track workout or a weekly long run or a morning run and they don't feel included and they want to be. So I'd love to hear more on that. And thanks for the questions. Um, and I won't mention names on this, but uh, if you have any information on that, I'm sure pass them along because I'd love to hear it. Um, this weekend, another big weekend with some races. Um, we have El Vaquero Loco this weekend, which is one of my favorite, if not my favorite race of all time. I'm not running after five years of the 50K and the 25K year. I finished last year, got my big buckle and says, I'm done for now. I'm going to let, uh, let this sink in and come and enjoy it. So I'll be up there looking forward to meeting a lot of people. I will have a bag of swag. So come see me. I will have bag of... I don't know, hats, and I have a couple shirts and stickers and buffs that I'm just giving away. Okay, I'm just giving stuff away at this point. Um, there's still stuff for sale on, on the website, don't get me wrong. But uh, if you see me up there and you want some swag, I'll be at the finish line. Probably in a straw hat if the weather's good and just hanging out. So that's this weekend. We also have the AC100, Angeles Crest 100, which is a big race in California. Uh, Tushers 100K that Aravipa has brought back um, here in Utah. That's just an, an absolute butt kicker of a race, and we did have some races last weekend um, that we forgot to mention. Um, there's quite a few. There was the Pikes Peak Ultra. Um, of course, I mentioned Putts, um, Uray Endurance Runs. They had their 50 and 100-mile events, uh, Never Summer 100K, White River 50, which has always been on my list to do, and I know we had a good friend of the show, Allie. Uh, she ran that one. Uh, Burning River 100 um, was last weekend. Elk Horn Crest was last weekend. Um, so there's a lot of races going on. I don't really touch on too many of those because there's so many of them. But, yeah, there's a lot coming up as well. Um, if there's other things you'd like us to talk about, about races in your area, let us know that. Also, the Orcas Island 50K lottery is open. And I mentioned that because that is on my bucket list. And I think it's open until, like, the 9th or 10th. And then they draw the 15th. And it's on February 2nd. And I'm super on the fence on that one. I really want to do it. February 2nd concerns me a little bit because it doesn't know what kind of winner I get. And it's a 50K. So hopefully, you know, you could still do it. But it's also on my on my daughter. She'll be 22 on the 2nd of February. So i got to get the okay from her so I can miss her birthday, which I'm sure she'll be fine with. Um, also, I want to start something, too. So here's a new thing, listeners, so everybody can pay attention to this. Um... How about you send me in inspirational or fun running quotes, okay? And that's how we'll close our single track sessions. And we'll say, this is from so-and-so. I'll pick one every week. 
and we'll say, here's our, because, you know, on our regular show, when we do those on Tuesday, we always end it with, uh, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it. And people seem to dig it. So how about every week on our single track, we close with, a, you know, a, a, it could be fun. It could be inspirational. It can be whatever we pick. You send it in, manners at trailmanners.com, and uh, you send it to me. I'll pick one a week, and that's how we'll close our single track sessions every week because we already do the woody footies that are posted there, but it'd be kind of fun to do that as well to see what people are motivated by. Um, fun little quotes and sayings. I still need an Instagram trainer. I'm still trying to pick up my game. And if you haven't noticed, folks, I've been trying to pick up my selfie game, which I suck at, and I will be the first one to admit to it. I don't feel comfortable taking photos of myself, even out of fun. Sometimes if it's fun, I can kind of get in the mood, and I've tried to do it on trail races because sometimes you kind of get in that mode where you just don't give a damn about anything in a trail race. But I'm getting better. I really... And the only thing I'm getting better is I've actually taken a couple, like, back-to-back weeks. And maybe I'll take one up at El Vaquero. Maybe I'll take one with a listener of the show. That would be kind of cool, a listener selfie. But uh, I'm, I'm trying to raise my game there. Um, maybe one day, if all the planets line and the stars line up and, you know, global warming ceases to uh, worry us, me and Joel will take a selfie both of us, which I don't know if has really happened. I'd have to go back in the archives and check that out. Um, how about a little Strava week? Um, this week, or this past week, we're a 500 strong now in the Strava group, so thanks for all those who were part of that. Um, and it was a trifecta. It was the old horse race trifecta from D.D. Biderbeck. Uh, distance was 144.6. Runtime was 40.33. And climbing was 33.655. So, way to go, man. Um, and I, I would be, I have to go backwards because I'd be bad not to say bad, uh, good lead-in. We also had the bad water, 135-miler um, this past week as well. We do know people that ran that race. So, yes, that was a big one. Temperatures reached a record 127 degrees Fahrenheit. And the DNFs were the highest in uh, for a while. So, Absolutely brutal. I don't get it. 127 degrees is when I just jump in front of an automobile and say, just take me. I'm done. That's too hot. Um, so, yeah, sorry. Sorry I left that one out. I don't want to offend anybody because I know a lot of people dig that race. I am not one of those people. I think it's amazing what those athletes do, the people that do it. But, yeah, you won't see me out there. Not even in a tourist during the cool temperatures of maybe 102 when it gets winter on the course, which doesn't happen. Oh, how about a little uh, Woody Footy? I did the picking this week. Joel's in Phoenix. We haven't communicated. He's busy working, and I'm busy doing what I do. Uh, but this week we had a lot of good entrants. And, again, we, we can't thank. We haven't talked about them as much as we should have lately. The Sign Garage here on Historic 25th Street in Ogden, Utah. Elizabeth and Nate do an amazing job. I haven't seen them for a while. Been super busy. Haven't needed to get some stuff printed. But if you need any of your printing needs, hats, shirts, mugs, they do, you know, laser etching so they can do, like, cutting boards, special gifts. And, you know, I hate to say it, folks, but uh, that seasons are coming up where you buy gifts for people. The big one, anyway. Won't mention any any uh, dates or holidays or fat-bearded people. Not me. Um, but, yeah, check them out. Sign Garage here in Utah. This week's winner is a beautiful picture that you've seen probably a few times. And I think it captures the putts course. 
amazingly with the colors, the mountains, the sky. Goes to Jeff Stevens. He was doing the putts 50. Um, a lot of great photos this week. <laughs> I love the people that post photos from other parts of the country and other parts of the world. So keep those coming. We still have hats to give away every week. So Jeff Stevens, you are the winner. Send me your mailing address at manners at trailmanners.com. We'll go ahead and get your hat out as soon as possible, which might not be soon enough because I'll be out of town too. El Vaquero Loco with Mr. Ty Draney hanging out with Mr. Grand Nicholas and all of the Trail Matters listeners. So I think that's it for this week. Um, not a whole lot more to talk about. Um, I can throw it out there. I know people are going to get upset, but please plan ahead. The November, uh, December 15th, the Nordic Valley 7K that we put on here at Trail Manners. Registration is open. We've only had a couple come through, which is totally understandable. But with this heat, think about it, how good it's going to feel to cool down a little bit. Maybe if there's snow. And we'd love to see you out there. Keep supporting that. And it's early, but the Ogden Trail Running Festival, mark your calendars for May 3rd and 4th, 2019. Um, we'll be back doing that once again. Also, there is a donate button on our website. I haven't mentioned that in a few weeks. Um, so go ahead and donate if you wish to help us keep going. Um, this is Eric minus Joel. This is Single Track Session 99.5. I think we have covered everything that we wanted to cover this week. And when I say we, I mean me and my stuffed animal, Rocky. So, uh, yeah, hope to catch you next week. And all those of Elva Carroll this weekend, please come say hi. Um, I'll be at the finish line hanging out. Um, would love to see you. And if you, if you feel comfortable, um, remind me and let's get a selfie. And we'll just post it for fun. And maybe you can teach me how to take a proper selfie and not feel completely idiotic because I do. So have a great week, everybody. It's August, and we will catch you next week.